Hey y'all, welcome back to Fuck Cancer, but let's talk about it. I know it's been about a week since I took a break, but I had a little technical difficulties, but we're back on track. Today I have a special guest, and this warrior is here to tell us about her journey. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm well. Sorry about that. I had to go from Chrome because it was acting funky to uh, Safari. So I said, let me switch over. So it worked. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it worked. How's your day been going so far? Oh, um, no, it's been going. It's been going well. Kind of a chill day. I, I still work from home. So. Okay. Uh, praise God about that one, right? But um, <laughs> so yeah, it was a chill work day, and I just had some dinner not too long ago. So nice, nice and relaxing. I have to say, it looks like it's going to rain here. Um, are you on the East Coast? Yes, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Well, I'm in I'm, uh, Northern Virginia, so I'm not that far from DC. So okay, okay. Yeah. It's, it's trying to do a little precipitation, but in your day. My day wasn't going well. Uh, went to work, had a few clients, did some washing, did some adulting fun stuff. Right, then, right. <laughs> and then played in Atlanta traffic for the day. I, I've heard it's really bad. I mean, it's bad up here, don't get me wrong, but like, I don't know. I've heard like y'all's is like, yeah. like an hour to go, like less, like the mileage I can count on my hand. Like, yes. it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, where they do that at? <laughs> Only in Atlanta, unfortunately. Jeez, like ugh, at least, at least, I mean, they they're nosy here. They try to, you know, pay attention to everything going on, not concerning them. But they move, but geez, so <laughs> mm. yes, that's hilarious. And how do I pronounce your name? I was going to ask you the same question. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, my name's pronounced Regine, like living okay. single. Yes, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's Regine. So okay. Yeah. And my name is pronounced Manos. Manos. Yes. Okay. So, Miss Regine, welcome to my show. Thank you for coming on and tell us about your journey. I appreciate you so much for that. I appreciate you uh, even just giving the ask. Um, who would have thought like TikTok how powerful it could be in connecting people? Right. Like I think about that all the time. Like, wow, TikTok. Thank you. Um, so no I appreciate you for um, like I said the ask but also doing what you're doing your podcast and talking about cancer something that that really plagues us Um, it's like a silent killer to me Mm -hmm. that we know it's happening but it's like a pink elephant in the room nobody Mm -hmm. really wants to talk about it so that's true it's like hush hush right right Mm -hmm. yes 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 so whenever you're ready you can tell us about your journey Cool beans. So, um, again, I'm Regine Bumper. Um, My cancer journey officially began in 2019, kind of around this time, honestly, in 2019. I kept having uh, knee pain in my my left knee, um, and I just went up and down. I was like, oh, Lord, I didn't tore my meniscus, and, um, you know, it kept having just unexplained pain. And a lot of inflammation, redness, and unprovoked, meaning like 
I wasn't falling on my knee, you know, nothing like that, no blows to it. So, you know, it's like, hmm, what's really going on? So, like I said, I really thought I was self-diagnosing. I told my doctors up and down. I didn't tore my meniscus because I did it in my other knee a few years ago. And I'm telling them, this is what I need to do. I need to get some MRIs. Then I'm going to go to the orthopedic, and we're going to do this, and we're going to get it done. Well, my plan worked all the way up to the orthopedic. And I, my orthopedic doctor looked at my MRI and said, um, I don't know what that is. And I said, what do you mean? What, 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 what are we talking about? <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, he, he proceeded to show me on his screen. And I'm like, oh, that. That didn't look like the last time we did knee work on, you know, the other meniscus. Uh-huh. And so he referred me to a colleague of his at um, Virginia Cancer Cancer Specialist here in Northern Virginia. And that's where the ball got rolling. So fast forward, I had approximately, no, I had four biopsies. So wow. there's two different types of, for you know, those who may not know, you can do a, a closed biopsy, which is the easier one. I put that in quotation marks, uh, the less of the two evils where they uh, stick a needle like through a very tiny, you know, thin needle and they pull out uh, samples of where the tumor is located. Recovery is super easy. It's really not that bad. So I did two of those. And then I also did two open biopsies, meaning uh, I was put under, uh, they put me, gave me anesthesia, and they cut open uh, where my, my femur was, and my femur is, it's still there, and they, <laughs> <laughs> they scooped out chunks of, of my actual knee for, to get testing. Um, and so after the fourth biopsy was when I was able to finally get a diagnosis, and this is Fast forward a year. <gasps> oh, yes. my Lord. Yes. So from April 2019 and then it's a little bit over a year, I was finally diagnosed in September 2020 wow. was when they told me that it was uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. <gasps> and so um, from there, it kind of was like immediate transition. Uh, thank God that initially I was supposed to get nine rounds of chemotherapy um, and then the final decision was three. So I started chemotherapy my rounds um, in October 2020, and I finished uh, right the day before Thanksgiving that year. And so my treatments were like 21 days or so apart from one another. And then after that, I, I did do radiation from beginning of January all the way to the about mid-February, but during the month of February, January, excuse me, I had to get lumbar punctures. Um, this was a different form of chemotherapy for my spine and my cerebral and brain area. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you've never got a lumbar puncture, it's pretty much like an epidural once oh. a week. Very fun. Um, but after that, mid-February was when, um, February 2021 was when I officially got cleared that my cancer was all gone. It was no more. And since February, 2021, I have been in remission. And uh, I say often that God works in mysterious ways, or I just don't really understand why at the age of 23, you know, diagnosis, um, 
was bestowed upon me because the average age of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma patients is around like 60, mid 60. Yeah. So yeah, 23 versus just say 65 is, is a bit, it's a yes. jump. <laughs> it's a jump. But now with my, my business, I remember it not only is dedicated to enriching the mind, body, and spirit of the female as a whole, you know, so we can live out our true purpose fully in our power. But I also dedicate that to enriching, excuse me, other black and brown women, particularly young adults as well, experiencing cancer and teaching not only the, I said, the modern medicine way, you know, if you decide to do chemotherapy, but also showing us the power that we have to heal ourselves mm-hmm. um, not only with just you know herbs and the foods we eat but also um, with the mind because uh, cancer is is largely a mind game just as much as it is a physical game yes. a physical fight as well so what we say to ourselves what we what we think you know what we our conversation we have before going into chemotherapy has a huge impact as to how the chemotherapy is going to go and how effective it's going to be in thereafter. So that's my work as of now in remission. Bless your heart. Congratulations for we're in one year now, one year, almost yeah. a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We almost have one and a half. <laughs> so when you first found out you had after a year, like they told you it was cancer, like, how was your reaction to that? Well, the I remember the day they told me, uh, my doctor told me, and my mom was there because, again, it was COVID, and you could only have one person back there with you at mm-hmm. the doctor's office. So my parents were flip-flopping on and off. And um, that particular day, my mom was, was in the, the room with me, and, like, I sat there and I was just in shock because I just knew that it was, like I said, I just knew I tore my meniscus. <laughs> I said, we doing all this for what? Like, my body is pissed off at me. You didn't went through the hills and the valleys and it's just a meniscal tear. What are we doing? And then when they actually got a diagnosis because the prior biopsies, they were inconclusive, inconclusive. And in the mindset, you think like, okay, no news is good news. So when they they told me, I was just kind of stuck for a minute, and I was trying not to to cry in front of mm-hmm. the doctor as if this was you know not the average for a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was also trying not to to cry in front of my mom. Aww. But yeah, um, but that was probably the first time the start of me just really just letting go. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I I really don't have control of what I thought I did and that's a big lesson that cancer did teach me like what we think we are in control of we got a plan we got this we got a third we're really not Mm -hmm. you know what I mean you kind of have to go with the flow but I just felt like a bus had hit me and I was Mm. still standing and I was slowly falling down the impact of of the bus and the one of the first things I thought about was, oh gosh, like my hair. Um, tell me, you know, the med- the chemo is going to incorporate particular medicine that causes you to lose your hair. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, for lack of better words, rather devastated because mm-hmm. for me, my hair was my canvas. 
Mm-hmm. You know, some people mm-hmm. it's their clothes, it's the the shoes, or just whatever mm-hmm. you know, makeup. But for me, how I largely express myself was with my hair. So I felt like I was losing something that was so tender and so sacred to me that mm-hmm. really made up my identity um, in a defeated manner. Is what I felt like. But I'm be honest with you. When I got in the car, when we, you know, were heading back home, it was in the back of my mind, something was like, okay, like, you can, you can cry about it, you know, you can be upset, pity party, for lack of better mm-hmm. words, but like, after tomorrow, tomorrow, I give you one more, you know, leeway, <laughs> but after tomorrow, tomorrow, like, you gotta, you gotta let it go, and that was like the shift of, of my mind instead of like, oh, wow, like I have cancer. It was like, okay, so when are we going to finish this thing? <laughs> when, is, when are we going to be done with it? Oh, wow. So you never went into like denial, to through that denial stage, you know, normally that's like the first stage. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, I will say I, I, I did go through it, but I didn't stay very long. Okay. I will, I will say that, um, because all I kept thinking, and I'm not really sure what internally kind of like uh, sparked it, what was the catalyst, but all I kept thinking about like two or three days after the diagnosis was, you know, like, when, when am I going to finish chemotherapy? Like, when is, when is all of this going to be done? You know, and, and I also didn't want people to feel pity for me mm-hmm. as well, um, just because, you know, I had cancer, even though... At the time, hindsight is the best sight. I don't think I fully understood in, in the, those three days I'm referring to. Um, I don't really think I understood the severity of the moment, the, mm-hmm. you know, the held. And I do wish I would have allowed myself to just sit in it um, a bit, just a, simmered a little bit longer because later on during the radiation portion, and towards the end of the lumbar punctures, I did experience, I did experience uh, an experience, uh, uh, not experience, a <laughs> feeling of resentment to uh, my own body because mm. I had felt like it had failed me. You know, I, mm. I was, you know, exercising. I called myself eating well, you know, um, water intake, not food, everything they tell you what not to do you know, college student, like, here I am thinking I'm doing it, but then I still wind up getting canceled mm-hmm. at this, at this age too. So yeah, I wish I would have allowed myself a little bit more time to, to sit in, in those feelings of now, like, whoa, I can't believe this is really happening. But in the same breath, I will say that I'm glad I did it because that helped my mindset and just my overall outlook of the whole entire um, journey to be more on the positive end. Okay. So how was your chemo? Like your, your, the good days and the bad days through chemo. Did you have any of those? Oh, child. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The, the very first chemo I had, I kid you not. I had an allergic reaction. And, they had to uh, change the drugs for you? Cha- they they didn't change it. They just toned it down a little bit and gave me uh, more Benadryl. But the scary part about it was because it was COVID, I couldn't have anybody back there 
um, because my, you know, my health didn't necessarily depend on it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't live with assistance like, like, you know, mm-hmm. so I couldn't have anybody back there. And so there was this first day just happened to be a very busy, you know, infusion day and the nurses are ripping and running. And I'm like, uh, my throat is starting to get a little tight and I don't think this is, this is right. So <laughs> I'm trying to like flag the nurse down. I'm like, can you, uh, something, something's going on here, you know? So that was the very first kind of a bad day, if you will, bad moment. Um, but the, the days that I did have chemo, I used to loathe and I'm going to use loathe because <laughs> towards the end, and I, I forget the, the name of the, the medicine. They got like 15 different characters and 12 mm-hmm. syllables, how to pronounce them. Mm-hmm. But um, in short, I know it's called the red devil. Cause that's the one that makes your hair fall out. Um, I used to hate, 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 and I don't use the word hate, hate that portion because um, when I would secrete, like go to the bathroom, the I, I could see the red come out of my um, uh, my key, mm-hmm. and so it would be a constant reminder, like this is real, you know, like this is inside uh, of me, you know what I mean? Reality would like, like yeah. sink in there. Oh my god! Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to use the bathroom for this for this purpose because I don't even want to be reminded. But aside from that, there were plenty of positive days um where I remember my second treatment um I did I had shaved my head by this time and I had this the first time I was wearing my my headband wig and I felt I felt like I looked good you know I felt my skin look good I felt good going into chemotherapy despite that I knew like maybe afterwards and you know a few days following that I would feel a little sluggish and kind of just didn't want to do anything um so those were the good days the good moments and then my my very first chemotherapy treatment um i remember i was sitting this, this is the same day that i had an allergic reaction mind you but <laughs> earlier in the day <laughs> so it started off good but um i was sitting in the window and i kid you not this was the very first time i'm a spiritual person and i was sitting in the window and it was the very first time i saw two angels sitting in a tree and I was like yo what is happening like is anybody else seeing this was it just me <laughs> and and it was it was just me but that was the first time like I said I'm a very spiritual person in my spiritual walk mm-hmm. that I have physically been able to see angels and that's that was my sign that I was going to be okay you know mm-hmm. it was it was going to be all right even though this I was walking blind in this journey because I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. and so um, from that, from then on, I always brought my journal and that was quite comforting. Um, but I'm gonna flip back to the negative part, the snacks, <laughs> those chemo treatment days were so long and the facilities was facility I went to, um, they had no snacks and I'm like, TV done misled me. I'm thinking I'm about to get Full nine, you know, Ritz Carlton service, all these <laughs> snacks I get to choose from. No, Ritz Carlton. <laughs> I'm so serious. I'm like, oh, yeah, this finna be, you know, this gonna be good. I'm gonna be okay. The fusion gone because I'm gonna have so many snacks to choose from, you know. Girl, I had nothing. I oh said, my. okay, so I'm gonna have to bring lunch Your too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. So that's on the lighter side of things, but 
um, the chemo chemo days came with their good, the good and the bad with with balance. Um, but I tried to take it in stride. And one thing I always kept telling myself was, you know, this is for the moment. This isn't forever, which mm-hmm. you know it wasn't. And that that really helped me to to push through those like nine eight hour days. Just mm. sitting. Yeah, just sitting. Wow. So how was radiation for you? Radiation was it was it was probably the easiest of of, of the the phases, if you will. But towards the end is where psychologically it got a little challenging because that was when I started to see my skin change mm-hmm. and they, they, they'll tell you, well, a, a decent facility will tell you that things to expect is, you know, your skin, wherever you're getting radiation at mm-hmm. is your expect changes in your skin. So some people like a real bad sunburn, they might get, um, I don't want to say boils, but, um, you know, it's like a really bad sunburn and you mm-hmm. might feel like a dark spot. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, probably I think it was like my last, last week. So maybe five to seven radiation. Cause when you go to radiation, you do it every single day, mm-hmm. excluding weekends. And so about my last, my last week was when I really started to see my skin change and getting at the back of the knee. And so I was already kind of in a, not kind of, I was in an insecure state because of the during the chemotherapy, I had to take steroids. So we know what steroids do to our body. Um, yes, I mean, it does. And so I'm like, okay, my body's all out of whack. I ain't got no hair. Um, I'm getting sick of these, these wigs, these headband wigs, and it's not giving anymore. And excuse me, and now my skin is changing. And that process takes a while for it to even revert back to, you know, its natural state. So um, that was probably the toughest part of, of radiation psychologically because it really was challenging my former ideas of, of beauty and then kind of the resistance with, within of me accepting like my new normal, my, my new body. This is, this is my new beauty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it is equally, or even that it just as more beautiful as what I may have defined myself as beautiful but I looked forward to, to radiation because <laughs> that was the smoothest, you know, time. And I, it was probably like at most 10 minutes. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I, I can do this. And, and it also, too, may have been because my cancer was, was in my femur. So it wasn't like anywhere near my face or my intestines. Uh-huh. So that I know that location of where you're getting radiation effect factor in it yeah a big big effect in that too so radiation though was was the the last home stretch and I was like okay we can do this I see the light (laughs) (laughs) so with radiation did they have um the treatment was it like with an electron beam or was it just a regular curative um treatment yeah, so it was like like the electron beam. Okay. So I would I would lay there, I looked up in the ceiling, and they would position you know wherever treatment the chemo, um, with the tumor and stuff supposed to be, and then you just hear like a, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could just see like the the, the red beam, 
on, you know, on the spot. And and you had you like, this ain't doing anything like, in the world. I don't feel nothing. Um, until you get about midway through and it started to get a little warm. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. After a few, I was like, this ain't doing nothing. We over here. Like, I'm just chilling. And then every some days, I'm like, okay, it's getting a little, I feel it. I feel it. Y'all can cut that off now. <laughs> y'all, y'all did the treatment today. We good. We good. But um, yeah, it was just a, a very thin beam. Um, so nothing, nothing too painful. It wasn't painful at all. So how was the last, the long stretch? Like, how did that go with the setup and everything? Are you talking about with, within radiation or just as a whole in the journey? No, not the journey. Um, you said you had to get something stuck in um, the oh, spinal. Yes, yes. So the, the lumbar punctures. Yes. That was another challenge in itself. Um, <laughs> and mind you, with, with everything, I didn't pre-Google or you know web md anything so i just i figured i was like oh lord i already misdiagnosed myself with this meniscal tear i'm wrong so i'm just gonna be open to whatever comes because clearly i don't know mm-hmm. um but the lumbar punctures probably was a tie between um as far as pain goes if we speak in frank with the um I had to get a bone marrow biopsy earlier mm. before chemotherapy. And those two probably run neck and neck as far as pain go. Um, shout out to all, all the mothers out there. I respect y'all even more. <laughs> I respected y'all before, but I, I, I bow down to y'all because that um, would not advise anybody to experience that. They don't have to. Um, but the, the thing was that, they had to get, so the lumbar puncture was in my, my lumbar region of my spine. So the lower, mm-hmm. if you place your hand on your lower back, um, right around there. And um, the, the painful part was not them using like, you know, lidocaine because it has a stinging after mm-hmm. to it. But it wasn't even the numbing and the lidocaine st- stinging. It was the, the finding of the spot, the insertion. Mm. Um, and sometimes the the spinal fluid is a little thicker, sometimes a little, you know, flow, flows a little smoother, a little runnier, um, depending on how much fluid you drink. But it felt like no matter how many gallons and oceans of water I drank prior to, my spinal fluid would always be, would run thick, uh, would run, you know, slow. Wow. And so what, what they do is you'll come in, um, they'll section off, like I said, your lower back, I mean, keep your clothes on and they'll section that off and excuse me, and you'll, you'll be on a, a flat table. And so once they have their markings, they'll, um, they'll insert, they'll find the, the, the markings and they'll, they'll insert the, the needle. And once they have the needle right in between, so it's in, it goes in between your two discs back there mm. um, in the lumbar region to get the spinal fluid. So once they have the, the needle in there in the spot, the, the flat table that you're on will rotate upwards. So you'll kind of be laying, standing down, if that makes sense. But you won't slide. Um, so they'll tilt you to like like 45 degree angle, depending on, again, like how fast or slow your uh, spinal fluid is, is flowing. And sometimes I would be laying there at 45 degree angle, you know, standing up in the air, 
for like one time it was like 30 minutes i could <gasps> not because it oh like they have yeah they have to get the spinal fluid to ensure that the chemotherapy is working um so that's like a non-negotiable you can't just skip out on that they have to get it all to the brim and then once they have the spinal fluid they'll exchange the tube and then they'll insert the chemotherapy which by that time can't really feel it you know i didn't really know half the time that they were inserting the chemotherapy until they told me and then they'll bring you back down to you know uh, 180 degrees back flat they'll remove the the needle and they'll just put a band-aid back there and so after the procedure though (laughs) the aftercare might be harder than the procedure itself you can't um you you go to to a room and you have to lay flat on your back was for about another hour um and that's because with the spinal fluid you can have spinal leakage Mm -hmm. and when you get the spinal leak you'll have um, really bad headaches so everything when you're laying flat is like equilibrium if you will you know Mm -hmm. homeostasis everything's cool calm collected but the moment you stand up the gravity pretty much um that that causes everything to come out of equilibrium if you have a spinal leak and um pain and just severe discomfort so um yeah after you you lay first you know 60 minutes they'll say you feel great you feel fine they'll wheelchair you out and you know it's it's the same day procedure and it was like okay well we'll see you next week we'll be back here again to do it all over so um those were definitely not the the most it wasn't a fun part um and then not to mention because again, COVID, I was having to get COVID tests once a week. Oh, they get out. <laughs> okay, getting the thing stuck up all the way up in my eyeballs. I'm like, oh my gosh, my nostrils are down here. Why do you guys have to go so far up? Oh my lord. Oh my goodness. But I mean, I, by like the third one, I was like, all right, just you know, I didn't even feel it half the time. But yeah, so the lumbar punctures were was definitely a trying time physically. Yes, yes. Shout out all mom. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, was your journaling your therapy for you through this whole journey? It was. It was. And even before I was, you know, diagnosed, I would journal quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, just because my journal was my was my safe space, was mm-hmm. my, my best friend. I could say whatever I want, and she wasn't going to judge me, and I wasn't going to judge her. So <laughs> it was, it's always, my journal has always been my safe space. Now, I did attempt to join support groups, you know, with other, both non-Hodgkin's or just lymphoma mm-hmm. patients, but then also young adults, so having, enduring any, all types of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just didn't they just didn't work out for me. Um, they I know they work very well for other people. And um, I'm, I do attribute a lot of it to COVID because my doctor was telling me, you know, beforehand they would have events and activities. And girl, I was so mad. I'm like, doggone COVID. They would give <laughs> massages. I was like, mm. I'm missing out on weekly massages. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was hot about that thing. I was like, of all times, like, come on. <laughs> so I'm missing out on massages, but, you know, it is what it is. But another reason, too, why I don't think that 
the support groups necessarily that I could find worked for me was because I there wasn't a lot of people in there who looked like me. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah, so with the young people, it was either I could find my age group, you know, but I was the only one <laughs> piece of pepper in the <laughs> or you know, our community is there, a whole bunch of, you know, other black women, but With breast cancer. Yes, it's <laughs> breast cancer. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not the only one that's plaguing us, you guys. Jeez. Like, there's other cancers too that we are, you know, screaming and in, in, in need, you know, yes. support in. Goodness, especially black women. Yes, yes, breast cancer. It's like you would read my mind. Um, <laughs> my goodness. Yes, that's exactly what I said too. Because I would spend hours on my laptop just really looking for community, you know, like, um, just, I can't even think of some of the groups, but the, and I'm like, I'm the only one in my, both sides of my family that has ever been this young to be diagnosed with, uh, you know, severe illness like this. Now, my grandma, she did, she's a two-time breast cancer survivor. Bless and then, heart. yes, woo woo, shout out, shout out granny. Um, but then also my great grandma, so my grandma's mom, she had um, lymphoma mm. as well. And so, which I found it to be quite not coincidental, but, you know, I'm like, okay, that's the spiritual part of cancer. Um, so like nobody else has really, especially at my age, has really experienced this on my, in my family. And then... I mean, what average 20-something-year-old in your friend group is, is going to chemotherapy, you know? That's and, true. Okay? So, I, I can't even fault my friends because they don't know. Exactly. You know, they're trying their best. You know, not every conversation is, well, how are you feeling? This mm-hmm. and other. They're trying to be normal without not being because they, they obviously know what's going on. So, the only person, the person, the only thing safe space I felt that I that I had was my journal mm. and in that time I also ventured out to uh, do voice memos so on my phone mm-hmm. like voice recordings um, and I know some people do like the video on their phone and stuff but I opted out for that but the video I mean the, the voice memo recordings helped a lot too because there is power in speaking you know, because our, our voices do have, there's power in the tongue, mm-hmm. um, you know. So there, I was able to get that vent, venting, you know, atmosphere that I was desperately looking for. And, and a lot of people, excuse me, just weren't able to provide that, which is okay, um, through the voice memo. So I would, you know, talk, cry, you know, just raw feelings mm. and record myself. And to this day, some, sometimes I do listen back and I'm like, wow, like, yeah, like, you know, it's just a reminder mm-hmm. like, yeah, what you what you came through and like, yeah, it was real. But then I also countered that with with the journaling, because that's just always been my my A, my A1. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So would you like anyone going? I don't know anybody else yet that has lymphoma at your age, <laughs> but like. What kind of words of encouragement would do you give? To, like, would you give to anyone who's actually going through it right now? Oh, I can say a lot, but the main the main thing is, you know, like this is this is a moment, 
in in your book of life this is a chapter and whatever the this chapter brings up for you like flow with it because cancer cancer is again not just physical but it is very spiritual and it is very much uh, a mental a mental thing a mental mm-hmm. element has it to it so try not to give all of your energy your power to cancer because the same way that cancer is is on a mission to you know produce cancer cells and cause mm-hmm. wreak havoc on the inside you too have a mission too to do the, the very opposite so mm-hmm. it's it's a battle and you have to decide from the very moment that they they tell you the doctors tell you yes you have such and such cancer who is going to win and it's really it's really up to you so i would tell anybody especially a young adult you know cuz it's a sucky time you're supposed to be living carefree <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know what i mean you're supposed to be living your best life as as they say but the moment you you get diagnosed with cancer i won't say you no longer can live your best life because you sure can but you can't live a life like everybody else you know what you, you know like it's it's an ongoing battle mm-hmm. so just decide make that decision that when they every day every single day that i'm going to win i'm in control and this is this is just a moment like you shall pass um excuse me like that that's that's pretty much what I would what I would would tell them. Like you're not you're not gonna ever be normal. <laughs> you 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 won't ever be normal, and that is okay. What is even normal? You know what I mean? Like you that's define true. right. You define normal. So when you're going through cancer, whatever your journey may look like, just focus focus on your journey, your marathon. Because cancer is a marathon. It definitely isn't a race, um, but you know, just, just stay firm in, in your fight and the end goal and just keep, keep envisioning your win. That's another big thing. Like vision the whole entire time. I would just envision myself with hair. I would envision myself the day that I rang the bell. You know what I mean? I would envision myself the day that my doctor gives me the report back from my scan and said, it's all clear. Like keep keep envisioning life because you have so much more still to live Mm -hmm. and this is just a a speed bump if you will in in your your life uh on your track if you play mario kart the little bananas and the little shells (laughs) knock you off a little bit but you know you spin around and then you get back on track so Mm. you're gonna win you're gonna win one day you're gonna pass that finish line one day you're gonna ring that bell one day you're gonna have your hair back one day you're going to be able to to go out and not have to worry about germs excessively from other people one day so just just stay open stay positive and and keep fighting that's beautiful that's dope would you like to share also your business page ma'am where everybody can follow you yes so uh if you're on instagram my business page is e-y-e-r-m-b-r but if you are on tiktok if you're a tiktok folk um you can find me under 
G-E-E-E-N-I-E, G-E-N-E. So it's Jeannie Jean with three E's. That's my nickname on TikTok and both pages. We talk about the same thing. Uh, Talk about tips and conversations about cancer, about the power we have to heal ourselves with cancer and the resources to aid us in that fight, to keep staying positive and to keep moving forward in it. And all that jazz. So I'd be happy to connect with y'all, to hear your stories too, for real, for real, because there's power in community. And if you are looking for a community, um, I'd love to start one with you. It starts, everything starts with us. You just start with one person and it will multiply from there. So that's where you can find me at. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Regine, again. Thank you. I I can't thank you enough. And I, again, like, I can't stress, like, when you said breast cancer, I was like, yes, she gets it. She gets it. (laughs) Yes, finally. My gosh. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing, bringing awareness to other forms of cancer, just different stories, um, because there's so much healing power. And just hearing somebody who's gone through what you may be experiencing right now or know somebody that's going through it. So thank you for using your light and your platform to to bring healing to to folks around you and afar. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) Well, you enjoy the rest of your night. I can't wait to like post this podcast. I'm like, y'all, episode three gonna be lit, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Lit, 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 lit. Please stop. Hello. Right. I know, right? (laughs) Click the link. Click the link in the bio. But yes. But I, I can't really... wait to share too. Awesome. And if, and if I um, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but if I some other folks that I know who are survivors, is am I okay to to share your page with them? Oh yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, hey, okay. the more the merrier. Yes, yes. Bring it forward. <laughs> yes, got to, got to. Oh yes, I appreciate you. Thank you. So you enjoy the rest of your night. Hopefully, it don't rain out there in Virginia. It's nice and <gasps> sunny here, in hot Atlanta. <laughs> Try to get like y'all. Trying <laughs> to. <laughs> yes, you enjoy your evening as well. And thank you again. Bye. Peace.